You're listening to Snyder & Associates Podcast Series, the civil engineering, planning, and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve the quality of life within the communities we serve. The host of this episode is Brett Page. Why we use hydraulic models and what are they? Hydraulic modeling is a computer-aided simulation based on user input criteria. We're pushing flow into the system, seeing how it will respond. One of the benefits of having a hydraulic model, we can simulate flow patterns at a click of a button, and it really allows us to evaluate a large amount of data in a small amount of time. One key approach when we're doing hydraulic models is always question everything. There's always something that can probably be corrected or manipulated in the model to make it better. I think you know models are foundationally built on making assumptions and being able to reduce as many assumptions as you can is only going to improve the accuracy and output of the results that you're getting. Why do we need hydraulic models? Collection systems are complex. If you're in a larger community, you have gates, you have bypasses, you have a large sewer shed area with a large amount of flow and miles and miles of sewer pipe. If we had to do that all by hand, it would be almost unachievable. We're able to build a network and simulate hydraulic calculations on a massive scale at a click of a button and have a computer-aided process with that for our basis. They allow us to understand the system. We can quickly identify problems. And if we're getting into some of our design alternatives, we can make some small changes and just see what happens, not only to the improvement that we're actually evaluating, but maybe there's some downstream impacts as well that we need to evaluate. Typical modeling objectives, we're trying to evaluate capacity, looking at location, frequency, and volumes of overflows to understand where some of the worst areas might be. Identify system improvements, bouncing back and forth between alternative feasibility, trying to optimize anything that we have recommended for improvement through other assessment methods and prioritize based on backups to hopefully understand where the restriction is relating to those common locations as well, and then reduce flooding, all of the above. I think GIS networks with communities are more common now, and having a base GIS network is really a good starting point and gets us a little bit ahead in the process, depending on the quality of that information. But most models are being built from GIS data as it's available. And then we're truthing that with any as-built or planned data, sending our survey crews out for any data gaps that we need to fill, whether that's invert information or RIMS, things of that nature. Facility information, looking at pump curves, operation settings, if we have any SCADA data where our gates are open and closed at certain flows, any weirs, things of that nature. Sewer shed hydrology, time of concentration, how quick is that flow getting downstream to the point in the model that's really established from some of the flow analysis processes that we previously discussed, and then estimating flow values from the output. Once we have a model built, we're going to need to calibrate it to make sure the results that we get are representative of the system that we have modeled. And so we're going to take flow meter data and try to do that and replicate real flows in the model to try to achieve the same peaks and base dry weather flow for the rainfall events that we've seen. As we're going through the calibration process, we're getting different flows. We're tweaking things that are going to make the model system output flow more similar to what was actually recorded. Some of the things that we're going to adjust are going to be the Manning's coefficients, which would be the smoothness of pipes that we have throughout the network, flow factors, any peaking factors that we may be employing, connectivity. Sometimes we figure out through the modeling process that certain pipes don't actually connect to each other and they're sending flow in a different direction. So correcting that and then various time to peaks or time of concentrations that we're seeing. A lot of this is based off engineering judgment. I think just over time with experience doing these type of projects, 
you just get a feel for what's actually acceptable, what's within range, and using some of those tools to understand what's actually happening upstream and what should be expected and making those corrections as you go. So taking the model, doing a capacity evaluation, whether that's just for a singular pipe or a small part of the system or doing a system-wide capacity evaluation. We're looking at hydraulic grade lines to identify certain restriction points. And then as we look at prioritization, working downstream to upstream, if we start upsizing upstream before downstream, we're going to be sending more flow to already restricted systems. So just making that point to prioritize as you work your way up. Thank you for listening to Snyder & Associates podcast series, a civil engineering, planning, and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve quality of life within the communities we serve. Find content related to this episode on snyder-associates.com.